Welcome to the Book to Write podcast, uh, episode four, or experiment four, if you like. At some point, I think they will change from experiments to episodes, but I haven't quite decided yet when that time will be. But what I wanted to talk about was not just people still sitting in their cars with the engines running, which they still continue to do, but I wanted to talk about music. Surprise, surprise. And how as the 90s rolled on and metal was firmly fixed in my mind and my psyche and my stereo, I went to a party of a good friend of mine, somebody who I was actually making music with. We were just making all kinds of different random noises and sounds and we'd formed a metal band called the Grandfathers of Destruction. And um, we used to use uh, an upside down plastic tub as a drum with chopsticks as our drumsticks. And we had a gas cylinder which acted as a cymbal and then we would use acoustic guitars and just thrash them mercilessly. This did evolve eventually. We, we did finally invest in some drums. We got a drum kit. I was given a bass guitar for a, as a Christmas present by my father or my mother and father. And we continued to make noisy music. But then, as I'd mentioned, I one day went to this party of this friend of mine and I was sitting there I'd arrived early and I was on the couch chatting to them and there was a mix of music playing that my friend had made he'd, he'd created a mixtape and all of a sudden a song came on that changed the course of music for me this was 1993 the beginning of 1993 and a song came on that had been released in 1992. And it was the title track of a song, of an album called Generator by Bad Religion. And when I heard this song, I jumped up from the couch and said, wait, who is this? What is this? And my friend said, oh, this is Bad Religion. I couldn't believe it that I'd never heard them before and I realized immediately that this was the band that I had been waiting for. The the drum beat, the the intelligent lyrics, the, the vocal sound, everything just fit perfectly for me. And I immediately rushed off after the, the party and started researching Bad Religion and I got hold of their earlier albums, Suffer, no control. I had a cassette that had suffer on one side and no control on the other side and literally flipped it back and forth in my car constantly for about six months after that as I was driving to work and back and just became completely obsessed with bad religion. And that's an obsession that remains with me to this day. Unfortunately, they're still going to this day and still producing incredible albums to this day. I've seen them probably 25 to 30 times in several different cities, in several different countries. And 
most recently was Las Vegas a couple of months ago, uh, the Punk Rock Bowling Festival, and I sincerely hope that I will see Bad Religion many more times in the future. But for now, let me play you that song, the song that changed everything for me, Generator by Bad Religion. Just like that, metal faded away for a while. There was intelligent life on Earth, and it had been found. Greg Graffin and his cohorts. As I continued to explore their music and dig deeper into their lyrics, I was just absolutely 
astonished that such a great band could exist and the fact that they'd already been in, in, in existence for 13 years and I had not heard of them until this moment. There were other things too, for example hip-hop. I was for a period of time quite heavily into things like Wu-Tang Clan, uh, Notorious B.I.G. We started going out to nightclubs, my friends and I, and we went to one called White Horse. It used to have three different dance floors. One of them was a house music dance floor. One of them was some kind of hardcore electronic dance music. And then one of them was an alternative rock floor. So we would typically go between the electronic dance. I was with Colin a lot at the time and he was getting more and more into dance music. And we'd alternate between that and the, the, the alternative rock floor where we'd dance to songs like by bands like uh, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Green Day, Blink-182. But the bands that I really loved, Bad Religion, Face to Face, who came along at the time, No Effects, who'd been around for quite some time but started become more, becoming more prevalent at that point. And uh, by 1996 produced an album that just drove us crazy, Punky Droblick, which at the time I thought was the greatest album that I'd heard. Um, it was at a time when things were really starting to explode. The Offspring was starting to explode, rancid, under Brett Gurevitz. Epitaph record label which Bad Religion created really to publish their first album as a DIY back in 1980 but um, let's pause here and have a song from Punkin Droblick
That was Leave It Alone by No Effects from their 1996 album Punk in Droblick. The same year, 1996, I formed a band with my friend who I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Justin, who introduced me inadvertently to Bad Religion by playing Generator at his party. And um, Justin was someone I'd been making music completely unofficially with for a while, for, for several years. And as I mentioned, it was all just completely random, silly stuff. When we formed this band in 1996, it was the first time that we actually had a serious band with proper instruments. Justin, although I'd always known him as a guitarist, was actually the drummer of the band. And he was living in a house at the time, sharing with a a roommate called Stuart. And Stuart became our guitarist. And originally, we had a bass guitarist who didn't last very long. He He was unable to make it to most of our rehearsals and usually was late to shows and often was almost like a Sid Vicious on stage. We had to unplug him because he would usually be so drunk or so drugged that he couldn't play properly. And when we replaced him, we replaced him with somebody that we called Musical Malcolm because Malcolm was so musically gifted and he brought a new sound to the band. Um, He provided a lot of melodies and backing vocals to my vocals whilst also adding a lot of funky riffs on the bass to our to our songs and our sound and with the Dixons we traveled around a little bit and we we played in uh, a few competitions and never really did very well and uh, unfortunately at this point in time I have no evidence of the Dixons. I have no songs. I am trying to get hold of some of the old footage that we took. There were some videos taken of our concerts and and also some recordings done of some of our rehearsals and, and so on. So I will try to get hold of that and see if I can play one of those in a forthcoming episode. One thing that I would like to play for you though is jumping a few years forward and again just being self-indulgent here and talking about myself and my own music. Um, As I had been mentioning that I felt that maybe there should have been a song here following that but one song that did come on and, and made me think I could slip it in here is from 2018 and I was living in the US already, but I traveled back to Madrid and traveled up to the north to the band in Vigo. And we did a, we played at a festival that was about an hour and a half drive outside of Vigo. And a couple of days later, we played a little acoustic show in an island called La Toja in Galicia and we played this in a little field type area next to a a little bar and it was very family orientated and we had friends and family around and the night before we played we were just sitting up and we were sitting at the bar and we were sharing a few drinks together and we decided to do a little bit of a spontaneous rehearsal and we played one of my favorite songs 
called Me at the Stadium, an original song that was written by Pablo from The Handicaps and became my favorite song. I didn't, I wasn't able to translate a lot of the initial lyrics, even though they were written in English. I couldn't um, determine what a lot of them were, so I I stole a lot of them and I, and I just made up my own words along the way as well in this particular song. But here we go with Me at the Stadium, the acoustic version by The Handicaps. <laughs> that we we performed a very peaceful set that was sometimes great and sometimes not so great but I fell in love with everyone around and really had a wonderful time and I'm always so grateful to Ramon and his wife Lou for always being such great hosts 
always hosting me in Vigo, always driving me up there if I needed to be there. And they were traveling up from Madrid at the time. So thank you, Ramon and Lou. And of course, to Tarsi, Nacho and Pablo, who were the other members of the band who we had a lot of great fun with and traveled around with and saw some very different and interesting places with. And now jumping back in time again, as Bad Religion roared on and continued to release albums, unfortunately, Brett Gurevitz left the band. We weren't certain if they would continue, but they did manage to continue. And I was living in South Africa at the time and was hoping to visit the UK as I did frequently while I was living in South Africa. I would often travel back and see my family. And this year, 1998, the Vans Warped Tour in the US decided to have a part of the Reading Festival that was the massive alternative rock festival out in Reading in Berkshire in the UK. And I bought tickets for the Reading Festival and went out there to see Bad Religion for the first time along with a host of other bands such as No, no Use For A Name, Lagwagon, The Specials played that night without Terry Hall. And in fact, even the Beastie Boys played on the headlining stage that night and Blink-182 were there as well. But uh, I watched one or two songs of Blink-182 and walked away because I was so disappointed with their mid-song banter. I'm sure they've changed a lot these days and uh, they are a band that I do still listen to, but back then it was not easy at all. And I ended up walking away to a different tent and I went to watch a hip-hop band called Black Alicious. But next I would like to play a song by Lagwagon, who I saw at that festival. And this was an album that Lagwagon released in 1998 and I had just come out of a very long-term relationship. In fact, it was two or three days after the relationship ended and I'd basically been lying on the floor for three days in a state of sadness and depression. And I was driving to work one day listening to the double platinum CD by Lagwagon. And this song came on called Unfurnished. And it just seemed so perfect for the moment. And it suddenly lifted me into this sense of rebirth and knowing that there was this open future ahead of me in which I could do anything I wanted to and I was completely free. The TV's broke, the tubes are soaked, the drink is empty, and now he is everything she hates. The whiskey, it's all the same, it's all the same, because he's drowning in inevitable silence.
Unfurnished by Lagwagon. And there is one more song that I'd like to squeeze in here, and it was one of my other beloved bands at the time, and of course featured the legend Tony Sly. And I loved Tony Sly's voice from the first moment I heard it, and they were one of the bands that I saw at the Reading Festival as part of the Vans Warped Tour. And I remember actually standing at the stage and looking across and being really impressed by Tony Sly's stage presence. I loved the, he was wearing Etni shoes and he had these really cool shorts on that I suppose inspired me, even though that was so many years ago, I still tend to wear similar stuff. Of course, unfortunately, Tony Sly passed away in 2012 and is no longer with us after producing and leaving such a wonderful legacy of music, including a couple of solo albums and and a couple of albums that he produced acoustically with Joey Cape of Lagwagon, who we just played. One of my most memorable moments of the Reading Festival was when No Use For A Name played a song of theirs called On The Outside. And I remember it because by that time, Tony Sly had completely lost his voice, kind of like I have right now in this podcast. And he was pleading to the audience to, to sing along and help him because his voice was gone and he couldn't perform. The crowd did their best and they did sing along. It was a, it was a huge crowd and they were, we were very excited to have these well-known American bands performing in the UK for the first time in years. And being the emotional song that it is, it just really had a, a dramatic response. And what I love about the studio version, you'll hear the opening words, which are actually taken from Mike Lee's film Naked. And they're spoken by the Liverpudlian David Thewlis. And that, to me, really added a, a surprise element to the song. And I think it, it's a beautiful contrast to the high-speed drum beat and then Tony Sly's gruff vocal that comes in after a few seconds so enjoy here is on the outside by no use for a name it's funny being inside isn't it because when you are inside you're still actually outside aren't you and then you can say when you're outside you're inside because you're always inside your head After all that's happened, what is it that we've gained? I've made mistakes before and never lived them down. After all you've done for me, I'm bound to say another word. Just to you on the outside, but we can't both be sane. Just speaking for yourself. I'm
listen to that song and, and all the songs in this podcast, I, I realized that I was definitely suffering um, some form of doomed romance era, which makes sense. It was 1998 and I had just come out of a eight-year relationship that started when I was in high school. I was very young and had been quite committed to that for many of those years. So it was a, a sad time, but also a a time of hope and a time of renewal and, and a time that I really enjoyed at the, being able to get more involved with music and travel and all of the other things in life that we tend to do when we are single. And on that note, please do join us for the next Book to Write podcast where I'll start talking about traveling to the USA and meeting interesting people there and music developing as a part of that and even meeting a young lady who became a friend of mine 22 years ago from Tulsa, Oklahoma and is still a friend of mine to this day, young Jenny LeBeau and we'll talk about her a little in the next episode and play one or two of her songs. So take care and see you soon.